Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, everyone, and welcome back. You are back with District Baseball once again as we are recapping a uh, kind of good actually national season as they uh eclipsed 70 wins on the year and uh win a series against the best team in baseball but before we get to that trey what's going on uh well nick the season has officially ended and uh, i've just kind of been reflecting over the past uh you know yeah three or so hours since the game ended um and basically uh you pretty much said it all it was like good, but bad, but also good. So I think overall the team did better than expected. And that's the most important part. Uh, and we have a lot to talk about in terms of those players as well. And we're going to start by uh, just kind of going through each position group as well as the coaching uh, and, and giving our, our thoughts, maybe some player grades, maybe some full position grades. Um, so Nick, who did you want to talk about first? I think it's logical to start with CJ Abrams, but just for the sake of this, you know, kind of segment and making sure we don't talk about everyone for, for an hour, which we easily could, we'll just kind of include all of the infielders and catchers in, in this argument or oh, sorry, not an argument. No need to argue anymore. The season's over um, <laughs> in this discussion. Uh, yeah, CJ has to be the big story of the season in my my mind. I think he came in with the most to prove. I think you could argue Josiah definitely did. Um, but I think even last year, through all of his struggles, we saw the potential for Josiah to like take that next step. Whereas CJ, because he was so young, because he spent so much, so little time in the minors, we didn't know what the logical place to start with him was. And it was a rough start. It was a really, really rough start. But man, once they kind of just let him play, you can't argue with the results. Is he going to be a top five shortstop? I don't know. Maybe not. But if that's our shortstop, I am perfectly fine with it like the the season he had is one that you're just so comfortable about and like hearing you talk about the the season and you know just gathering my thoughts as we were getting ready to do this episode it, it feels so weird to feel so like accomplished on the season about your team and still feel so unsettled about their future like we're 16 games better this year than we were last year and it still feels like there's so much that needs to be answered but then you look at shortstop that's no longer a question like cj abrams is the national shortstop and that's such a good feeling obviously everyone knows the the toward stretch he went on after being uh put in the leadoff spot he set the nationals single season steel mark of course on you know, the final day, the very last chance, the very last chance so awesome. on, in that game that he got uh, in the, what the seventh or eighth inning or whatever it was to uh, get to stolen base number 47, breaking Trey Turner's mark and, you know, really cementing himself as as a guy. Um, there, there's stuff we need to see out of him, but he's 23. I'm not worried. You're doing stuff like this at 22 years old. I will give you plenty of patience <laughs> and divert my impatientness elsewhere uh, to other positions around the diamond. Um, but yeah, CJ Abrams is the, the, the big shining star for me. And I don't think that's a surprise. The other position I, I really think is going to be a huge topic of discussion in the, in the uh, winter is the catching position. Like, yeah, we know Caber uh, Ruiz is around for the long haul, and uh, I'm still a believer in him, even though he kind of disappointed 
for most of the year, I think it's safe to say, particularly defensively. But he, one, he's still young. I, I imagine he he will continue to improve. Riley Adams emerged as a serviceable serviceable backup, but then Drew Midless came out of nowhere and also emerged as a serviceable backup. So all of a sudden the Nats have like three startable catchers. And for a while we didn't have one and, you know, Riley uh, Adams has his handmade injury. So that's going to be something to to, uh, watch. He's not the best defensively. So could a position shift be in his future? We'll see. But I think Drew Millis deserves a spot on next year's roster because he's the best defensive catcher out of the three of them. And that's what you want out of a backup catcher. So it's a really interesting conversation. We can dive into the numbers here in a little bit, Um, but you know, catching or sorry, catcher and shortstop being answered effectively is a huge step in the right direction for this team. Yeah. I think this infield unit as a whole was probably uh, one of the better units, especially if you add in Jamer Candelario, uh, yeah. his first half. Mm-hmm. Um, as for Ruiz, I, I think that overall he was kind of disappointing in terms of like a, a grade. If we wanted to give him a grade, it would be probably like a D plus or something because his defense was not plus it was minus. Uh, it was and bad, if we're being honest, it was actually disgusting. Honestly, it made me, it made me upset <laughs> D for disgusting D for disgusting. And it seemed to be, them trying to fix certain parts of his defense from last year actually ended up just ruining his entire defensive ability. Like he was a good blocker of the baseball last year. And this year he's one of the worst. He was not a good framer last year. And I think what they tried to do with him was put him on one knee and start picking those bottom, the pitches off the bottom, off the knees, you know, and start, start improving his framing. It actually just made him worse. So none of that really seemed to, do anything good um so i'm curious what their approach is going to be this offseason luckily his bat kind of came through in the second half and there were stretches where he showed that he could be an elite hitter at the catcher position it's just trying to extrapolate that over the whole season and it's generally when he's more patient is when he is a better hitter and he can stay aggressive on pitches in the zone it's those you know those pitches just like on the corner just off the corner where he started kind of swinging at those in September again, but then, you know, sort of evened it out. So um, in terms of the bat, I was actually happy with him in the second half, uh, but the defense is going to have to be addressed Um, because yeah, like you said, Drew Millis is clearly the better defender right now. Um, And then Riley Adams has the bat. So, you know, it it is good to have options though. I will say Uh, it's somewhat answered, like you said, in terms of, we know that one of those three guys is going to be, you know, the starter, it's probably going to be Ruiz um, because they've extended him to the the eight year deal, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But then it's like, who's going to back up probably Millis at the beginning of the season. If, if uh, the handmade injury for Adams isn't healed yet. Um, but yeah. And then uh, you kind of go around the diamond again and it's like, well, first base and second base are sort of up in the air. Um, Huge questions. Yeah. The biggest question of the, of the off season in my mind is that absolutely. right side of the infield. Yeah. And, uh, that's maybe where you see where you'd like to see potential free agent acquisition. I know Reese Hoskins has been floated as a corner bat uh, over there at first base. Um, I would say first base is a spot where you do want to try and pick somebody up who can give you a 30 home run season, because that is definitely something that the Nats need. They need the home run ball. Joey Manessis, a lot of doubles this year. He had like what? 13 homers. I think Uh, Don Smith had like 12. So even combining both of those, that's still not 30. So that's going to, they're going to have to probably drop Manessis. I think Dom Smith's going to get picked up because he's an ARB still. Um, So might be the end of Joey time. Um, The only thing really saving him is the fact that he hits so well with runners in scoring position. Yeah. I was Um, just about to say that Uh, like with, with Joey in particular, I think he, like if we're just grading Joey B plus B I'm cool with with that kind of grade. It, it's not an A because the power wasn't there that we hoped would carry over, but he he was clutch a, a lot, you know, during the year. But hitting with runners in scoring position is not exactly a sticky stat. Like that's not exactly something you can depend upon year after year. In some cases, you can like with obviously you know the the greats, but I, I just don't know if 
Joey's going to be able to replicate that. If he can, great. But I, I just that's that's a scary you know bet to to try to make. But I guess it won't cost the Nats too much financially. But who would they miss out on in free agency if they believe Joey can do it again? You know, how many times have the Nats like re-signed someone or brought someone back thinking they can like create that magic again? And then it just doesn't work like that. That's my my worry. Like, has Joey earned uh, you know more time? Sure, probably. But again, like if he can't because hitting with runners in scoring position is not exactly a sticky stat then I worry about what they might've missed out on in free agency. And then it's too late. And then we're just kind of stuck with a revolving door at first base again. Yeah. And then um, you go to second base and it's kind of also maybe even more of a question mark. Yeah. I would think Luis Garcia has at least earned a chance again after his great September at the plate. And uh, honestly in the field, he was really good as well. Um, But you know, he's, that's not a guarantee if he can, do it it's just like it wasn't a guarantee this year when when we put him over there um but the free agent infield market is probably stronger uh in 2025 yeah so i would say uh you could look at you know maybe the corner bat but for the for the up the middle probably not till 25 um if that's what they wanted to look at but uh yeah i mean i think overall the infield unit was was solid and then third base also could be a place where uh you maybe see another one-year deal similar to how you, how they did um, Candelario this year, because I don't think Brady house is ready to start next year, but I do think potentially by the end of the year, he'll be ready. I think he's a September call up. I think he'll be the last of that trio position player trio with wood Cruz, and house. Yeah. I think he'll be the last to make the majors. Not that he'll be the worst by any means. I just think he will, will take the most time um, to, to develop. And I, I don't think we'll see him. Uh, until late next year if not until 2025 yeah i think he will end up coming uh, up late next year um but they will need a, a stop gap for uh 2024 so probably go out and sign a cheaper option for that position and then hope you can flip them again similar to how you're telling out me for candelario you're telling me ildemar vargas the recently re-signed extended ildemar vargas isn't your third baseman of the future uh, no, he's not. If he's signed as a, just a utility man, however, I am perfectly okay with it. I'm just worried that they won't sign another guy because they signed Vargas. So he's going to be that's, a key that's... piece in the bullpen next year too. That that dude plays everywhere because Davey loves him <laughs> so much. Yeah, I mean, I I like his versatility as a utility guy, but I can't watch him play every day. He's not good enough. It's, it's just that simple. Really? So, but yeah, an ideal situation where he's just the utility guy. Totally fine with that. Yeah, I echo your thoughts though. Like overall, I'm pleased with the infield. There's some great spots, but especially versus expectations. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's basically the whole thing. If we're doing everything versus expectations, like every position was great. Like that we're going to talk about, or positional group was great. Um, But obviously, that's you know, versus expectation. Like if we're talking about like you know, versus Competing the rest of the MLB, yeah. then obviously there's a lot of work to do. And obviously that's what we want to do is compete with the rest of the league. Um, but yeah, I think the infield w- was one of our stronger groups, if not the strongest of positional group. Um, I- I'm, I-, I think B, B minus somewhere in there, like yeah. collectively, uh, you know, and that includes, like you said, Jay Mercandolario's first half of the season, which was excellent. Um, that includes also includes CJ's first half of the year, which was not so great, you know, even right. though my, my lasting impression of CJ, uh, CJ season was great. Like it still includes the rough first half. So as a whole, I think somewhere B, if you're going on the new numeric scale, 84, somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something like yeah that. We'll, we'll go with that. Yeah. That, that works for me too. Yeah. One thing I will say, we, because we haven't talked about him and I know he has his cult following Dom Smith listen like he hit 12 more home runs than expected because he was expected to hit zero home runs because that's what he did last year you know if you look at the stats though he nine of those 12 home runs came in low leverage situations low leverage meaning like when the score was completely out of hand one way or another when the nats were either up really big or down really big He's not a middle of the order bat, no matter how hard they try his numbers in high leverage situations, meaning when the game's on the line or there's runners on base or anything like that are 
terrible. Just terrible. He was great defensively. I love that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to discount that. But first base is a position you need power. And if there is a, a, an opportunity to upgrade the position this offseason, whether it be free agency or trade, the Nationals need to do it. Because even in the minor leagues, you do not have a clear answer at the position. You're hoping you know, or maybe looking to a, a prospect to make a positional switch to first base, which is a very viable option in some cases. But that's not you know, a, a solution just yet. You have to see if they are able to like make the major leagues, let alone switch positions, you know? So in my mind, if there's a position or uh, um, an opportunity to upgrade this off season, you have to do it at first base. Down yeah. Smith, fine, but that fine is not going to get us anywhere. Yeah. I think both corners are probably free agent spots. One of which would maybe be a slight, maybe like a, maybe a longer term deal. If there is one. Not like a super long term. Yeah, deal, like, a two, but like if they two give a two maybe. year deal to CJ Cron, I'm cool with that. You know, maybe not Cron. Okay, <laughs> I uh, give him one, <laughs> but I'm just like example. Yeah, yeah, you, maybe you'd not, one two, I'd want to not, not two year deal. I'm just talking like profile wise. Yeah, yeah, that, that's you, you're I'm absolutely saying. right though about the organization. That's not their strong point right now, and the farm is definitely not uh, first base or even third base. I mean, they have house, but. Yeah, it's mostly outfielders, uh, yeah. which we will get to right now. How about that? Let's go ahead and move on to the outfield great segue, because... buddy. Great. Yeah, segue. thank you. Segue. I appreciate that. Thank you, everybody. I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, anyways. So, yeah, the outfield. Interesting group. Uh, it's kind of like. Either you have like some pretty, pretty good players who overperformed or you have just like. I don't know. <laughs> so it's kind of it's like you got like the group with Garrett and Thomas and even you could even include the first 60 games of Victor Robles in there. And then you also have like Blake Rutherford and Travis Eric Blankenhorn, Hill and Derek Hill, Hill, Alex yeah. Call. Huge yeah. cluster of guys. And then, yeah, I mean, Jacob Young is, is at least cool. Um, but yeah, so overall, just kind of a weird group. Not necessarily bad because I think Lane and Stone kind of elevate that because they were more, they were getting more of the plate appearances uh, towards the end of the season. Um, Lane, obviously, the entire season. Um, but then you kind of remember Corey Dickerson was here oh my and it's God. like, oh, I forgot. No, I he truly forgot the whole thing down. Uh, oh boy. so it's, this is actually kind of tough to grade because Dickerson's not here anymore, but he was. So I think we have to, we uh, have to, accommod- include it. we have, we have to accommodate for that. So, yeah. um, but yeah, you know, Lane and, and Stone Garrett, at least were, were bright spots. And, uh, we, we, st- we need, st- this team needs Stone Garrett. I mean, we've already mentioned the record uh, that that we find kind of interesting, where Stone was a big seemed to be a big catalyst for us winning, um, and uh, he had he had he had power, which a lot of our players do not have. So, <laughs> uh, be interesting to get him back. I don't think this is an area where free agency is necessary as much because we have guys in the farm that will probably be either coming up at some point like James Wood I, I would imagine will come up at some point next year or or in 2025 like with Cruz potentially and, uh, and other guys so um this is kind of a, a wait and see you got to figure out center field who's going to play there and for 2024 it might be Jacob Young um could be a potential one-year deal but I would think it would probably be an in-house option there yeah for the outfield, I'll, I'll reverse my order this time, and I'll start with my grade. I think I'm in the C, C-plus range, um, 77.5 on the grading scale. Uh, i not a believer in Lane Thomas. I'll, I'll admit that now. I think everyone who knows me knows that. He had a good year. Like, I, I'm not trying to discredit that. My whole Lane Thomas – uh, opinion is really just pushing back against the idea that he's a long-term solution in any regard. He's yeah. a fourth outfielder at best. Like, I'm sorry. He he just is. He is a starting outfield on a non-competitive rebuilding team. So I'm fine with him starting. I'm not calling for his job. I'm saying I don't want to give him a job past 2025, you know, and probably not past 2024 with 
kind of yeah the way things are trending with both with our fast rising production in the minors and the inevitable regression towards the mean but his mean is still fine like his mean is a fourth outfielder and that's fine like again i'm i know i'm beating a dead horse here a little bit but he he's fine but he had a good year and 28 home runs in the lineup that desperately lacks power is a godsend (laughs) you know especially from a a position or a player you didn't expect to get it you know so i'm cool with that um but man he is doing a lot of work to 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 lift up this position group stone garrett is doing a lot of work to lift up the position group too but he's atlas and he can handle you know the weight of the world on his back with those shoulders you kidding me but um (laughs) you like what i did there absolutely Uh, (laughs) love it um and I'm a huge Stone Garrett fan, but again, I've always been realistic about what his profile provides to a team. And that's a fourth outfielder bench bat spot starter that can provide some pop. And again, very valuable. And again, on a rebuilding team, he's a starting outfielder. So both those guys I want back next year, at least to start the year until someone presumably, you know, would or Cruz proves they are ready to take over. And then once that time comes, guess what? Thomas and Garrett, you're pushed to the side if, you know, they're, if we need to make room for them. You know, that's just yeah. how it needs to go. But for the time being, they're fine. Other than that, though, I'm not really loving anything else. Yeah, if <laughs> yeah. you want to include Victor Robles, I like, yeah, he got hurt in June, but he cooled off a lot there towards the end. If you want to really hang your hat on April and May, Victor Robles, sure. A lot of it was kind of Babbitt luck and, you know, just a a lot of singles. And, hey, that's kind of what the Nats did this year, so that's fine. I've never been high in Victor Robles. And I think, quite honestly, the past couple years, the Nats haven't been high in Victor Robles, and understandably so. And with the way they handled his arbitration last year and it kind of getting nasty, and then it was a weird, like, two-year or one-year deal with the team option, I think we probably saw this, the end of Victor Robles. So in my mind, I don't need to put too much stock into his early year because I don't think the Nats are either. I think they're going to move on from Victor Robles in the offseason. His, um, the biggest argument for keeping him around was his defense, which at times was like elite, best in the league center field. We have, we, we have seen options with guys who play really, really plus defense in center field now and have more on the way. So it's like, I don't think... I think we've seen what we need to see out of Victor Robles. So I'm not really putting too much stock into to his early season performance. And I think the injury, well, you know, poor timing for, for him and probably for the team as well, I think just gave a, a guy like Jacob Young an opportunity to to get a chance. And he showed at least defensively he can he can be that guy in center field. And he rose through the the lead or um through the minors to the major leagues so quickly that, yeah, he's probably going to need a little bit more season. And I expect him to be better next year. Will he be the center field of future? Probably not, but I think he's going to be a great fourth outfielder for this team, but notice how everyone is a fourth outfielder yeah. right now <laughs> like that. And that's my point is right now they're all starters. And, you know, I like certain aspects to each of their games, but none of them are the, the answer. So C plus is kind of where I'm at. Yeah. I mean, I I'm, I'm with you there. I'm going to give him a D plus just because Corey Dickerson dragged the entire group down. Um, But also Derek Hill and also Blake Rutherford, because it's, they were nice stories. It was cool. It was cool stories. A couple days. They were not just bad at the plate, but like actually unplayable. Um, I mean, how did, I don't even understand how Corey Dickerson got as many plate appearances as he did, but um I think everything you said is valid. It's it's about like those guys will be good depth eventually when we have our actual starting outfield. Um, but right now they're not necessarily depth because our outfield isn't ready. So it's just that simple. Um, and yeah, I think it'll be Lane and Stone to be there at the start of next season. And then again, Lane Thomas will probably be a, a name coming up at the trade deadline uh, if if that's if he's playing well again um that would be something they might consider because yeah we got all these fourth outfielders but we need we need room for our actual guys to come up so they will be coming up uh next year and the year after that 
um, and even past that. Um, but yeah, so I think I think D plus is kind of harsh, but I'm just doing it for the for the jokes. Hey, I, Corey I, Dickerson I, joke. I, but, uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, uh, listen, the, the outfield was bad. Like, if we're being sincere about it, excuse me. <coughs> Please cut that. <laughs> I'm definitely not cutting that. Um, the outfield was bad. Like, it, it, if we're being sincere about it, it just it wasn't anything to write home about and you know especially after the stone garrett injury man it was rough it was rough like jacob young had a hot start but he cooled off mightily and i just talked about how i i expect him to be fine next year um but lane thomas is doing a lot of work and if you look at if you like look at lane thomas like with your eyes squinched looks good and but if you really look at lane thomas's numbers you're like oof Right. Yeah, there's some danger. Under that the screams hood. outlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that screams outlier to me. So it doesn't walk. None of nobody walks. Okay, <laughs> save it. Save it. Okay, we're, okay. we're getting there. Gosh, getting I'm, there. I just I have such an issue with this team's batting approach. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, all right, let's move on to the pitching and we'll start with the starters. Um, so having pitcher bias myself, having, you know, been a pitcher all my playing career and, uh, you know, that being my focus as a coach, like <laughs> it was better. That sigh. It was better, but it wasn't good. Yeah, it's better than awful. So, right. So if the bar is the floor, sure. We exceeded the bar. The bar was definitely the floor. The bar was under the floor. Yeah. <laughs> um. And part of it's probably personnel, sure. It, like you talk about the you know the hitting approach, the pitching approach is awful too. You can call him out; it's okay. <laughs> Listen, say his name. Jim Hickey is <laughs> so terrible, and the fact that I had someone reply to me saying Jim Hickey was the Rays pitching coach for eleven years, and da 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 da, he's clearly not the problem. If you look at it, the Rays got significantly better at pitching once he left. <laughs> and like, yeah, he went from the Rays to the Cubs. And then after the Cubs fired or Joe Madden, like he was out of baseball for three years. And then, yeah, I've had Cubs fans actually tell me like, wait, that's your pitching coach. I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> right. And like, I, I think most fan bases hate their pitching and hitting coaches. I think that's just like the way it goes. I, I can concede that. But Jim Hickey is like, like objectionably awful. Like you have players and former players now. If you saw the Sean Doodle clip, who are trying to do their best to like stay professional re regarding everything, but they're basically saying Jim Hickey like is so old school. It's painful. Like he doesn't care about any of the new numbers and stats and analytics and just techniques and methods to help improve. Like he's uh you know pound the strike zone kind of guy <laughs> it's just like okay we're getting hit hard because we're pounding the strike zone yeah, <laughs> like, just, wait, just what throw we... strikes yeah well yeah just throw strikes you're all around it kid like what, <laughs> what? like it's just so frustrating but like the one thing i can say about the starting group is, or starting pitching group is they, they stayed healthy and they ate innings and i'm cool with that like you know they we'll talk about the bullpen here in a minute but like they let the bullpen be pretty freaking good if we're being honest for most of the year because they were able to go at least five innings of the majority of the time which they weren't able to do last year last year we had 16 or 17 different guys start games i think this year we we were at six or seven through like mid-august and then guys hit the il and got tired and then you saw rutledge and and some other guys you know make spot starts or you know get opportunities uh, later on in the year and Joanna Don came up and you know got um, a spot in the rotation to finish the year and whatnot but 
Like we were still in single digits for guys who started the game for the nationals. And that that's an accomplishment to do over a full length MLB season. I think we were, we were obviously first in fewest uh, pitchers to start a game in the year. And I, I think we're still, we finished top three. I haven't looked at the final numbers, but like, that's an accomplishment. So I guess that deserves some credit, but you know, Patrick Corbin still stunk. He was just able to not let his bad starts pile up. Like he would throw a good start in there every now and then. CRA still above five. Like Mackenzie Gore, lots of promise, lots of potential. I'm I'm afraid Jim Hickey's not going to do what needs to be done. Josiah Gray, three nine one ERA. You best believe I'm pushing that narrative. <laughs> still have very very large concerns about what his outlook looks like. And, you know, Jake Irvin came up super solid, like really impressed with him and very viable fifth starter, especially on a team of the Nats, you know, competitive level. Could he absolutely regress and be terrible next year? Yeah, I see that world. You know, Jackson Rutledge, who knows? Too soon to tell. And then Trevor Williams, it's almost like he was a starter and then teams are like, hey, you're really bad at this. Let's try to make you a reliever. And they found out, hey, you're really good at this. And then the Nats came in and said, hey, we're smarter than 30 or sorry. I was going to keep thinking there's 32 at MLB teams. We're Soon. smarter than 29 other MLB teams. We're going to make you a starter again and expected like different results. And he had an awful season, awful season. So the fact that he didn't get moved to the bullpen once is just mind-boggling to me because he didn't even eat innings like he's the exception to everything i just said he never ate innings like it's so as a whole i think i'm i think i'm like a a d yeah like i i super excited for josiah gray for sure but the you know advanced analytics aren't or you know advanced stats aren't kind to him and I can kind of see why he had a lot of bend, but don't break throughout the year. Um, all-star year. Yeah. But a lot of bend, but don't break uh, better ERA than Spencer Strider though. Um, right. Did I get that? I think, I think uh, Strider, Strider ended up just a little bit. I know, I know, um, it's a but they were right there. And one of those apparently it. a Cy Young candidate. Yeah, I know. So. Anyways. Uh, so yeah, I'm repeating myself at this point. I'm, I'm at a D it, it needs it needs a major boost, but I don't even think it's like, I, I would like them to sign an arm, whether it be this year or next year, for sure. Yeah. Um, But I don't even think it's like a lack of talent like it was last year. I, I just think they don't have the support from coaching or, or whatever to, it could be run support too. Like run support makes pitchers jobs a lot easier and they didn't get a lot of that, especially early, early in the year. So like, there's a lot of different factors that, 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 are in play here. Um, but I'm still not overly impressed with the the starting pitching performance. Uh, yeah, the nationals have a five ERA, which is better than like the Rockies and A's. So, and the Rockies not playing cores, the Rockies so playing cores. Like... So they basically don't even count, uh, in terms of F four, actually the Nats are 29th in terms of that stat and the A's are 30th, but, um, yeah, I think what you said is true. It wasn't really the talent. It was more the the pitching coach. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's interesting you give a <laughs> I, I would give I would give them also a D as in get your ass to drive line because <laughs> like seriously, I don't go to go to an outside pitching lab and learn there because yeah. hickey, hickey ain't it. Drive just, line, we'll just, athletics, something. Yeah, please. A- anything because I don't care where you are in your rebuild or or anything 29th in pitching f4 ain't cutting it i don't care we gotta we gotta get we gotta get better than that it just has to be a, a fact and i think we saw a lot of uh like i've been saying we need to find an ace because we have a lot of guys like Irvin, like maybe rutledge maybe uh gray gore could be an ace uh but like that's just he has the potential but we know that they're probably not going to realize it. So um, somehow you got to get an ace. And then if you have an ace, all of a sudden it looks a little bit better because now those guys get pushed back and they don't have to be the guy. Right. Uh, and they can kind of do the same thing, but on a, 
in, in a different role. So it would, it would make a lot more sense. Um, yeah. And uh, bullpen wasn't much better. I mean, you said they, they were, <laughs> they were good for about the first half. Um, and even then it's mostly. I think the key components of the bullpen were good for the majority of the That's year. what I was going to say. Even then it's the top guys that were good. It's mm-hmm. the bullpen, especially is the depth cavern where there is none. Like it's Kyle Finnegan, Hunter Harvey, and then, like, I don't know, maybe it Jordan was Weems, Mason Thompson, but then, and then they, they, they broke him. him. But, uh, like, even Machado looked good for a little bit, but then, like, yeah, they, they kind of broke him, too, trying to make him, like, a, a two-inning reliever every single time out. Yeah, it's it was pretty poor bullpen management combined with not that much talent uh, to – I mean, I thought they were going to be good but then it kind of fell apart because some of the, the veteran guys didn't repeat their success from last year, like Erasmo. Um, but shocker. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, anyways, I liked the eraser. I was hoping you would do well, <laughs> but uh, him for my mind. <laughs> um, yeah. So overall group wasn't particularly good, especially in the second half. They were probably worse than Oakland in the second half. They were bad in the second half. Yeah, it was, uh, and especially September. I think um, that just, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, September was a rough month all around, but especially for the bullpen and and the starters. I mean, it was, they were fighting from behind every game, and then the bullpen would just kind of get taxed because you wouldn't have starters getting as deep into games. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be depth. Got to find consistent guys. Uh, besides Harvey and Finnegan and uh, hand up. I was wrong about Kyle Finnegan. Uh, <laughs> he had a really good season. He's got a really nice splitter. And I think that uh, he's going to be important for next, next season. Yeah. Um, when he gets traded to the New York Yankees at the deadline, <laughs> potentially he, he's still a trade candidate and uh bullpen's hard to talk about as well, because we know it's going to be totally different by the time, by this time next year, because bullpen arms are so volatile. Like we're, we're we know that Harvey and Finnegan will be here. But other than that, it could be any combination of, of guys. So um, overall, they were probably, I'd probably give them a D as well uh, for, for both the starters and, and the bullpen. Cause I thought the bullpen was going to be better. Um, and then they weren't. So against my own expectations, they were kind of not that great. So yeah. um, a lot, a lot to work on there. Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, slightly, I I can't even really fully justify why, but like I'm slightly higher on the bullpen than I am the staff. Um, and because I think for a majority of MLB teams, as long as you have three main components to a bullpen, the the other four to five are going to shuffle constantly. You know, yeah. even in performance, even if it's the same guys, like their roles within the bullpen are going to shuffle, whether it be long reliever, fireman, cleanup, or, you know, second game of a doubleheader, we're getting blown out. Just please go, you know, get some outs, <laughs> you know, like that's always going to change. But as, as long as the three main components are in place and are good at their jobs, 80 to 90% of the time, like you, I think most MLB teams will take that, you know? So then I look at the Nats and I'm like, they kind of had that. For a majority of the year, like there was some bad, bad, bad performances for sure. And I wouldn't go to say they're top 10, top 15 bullpen, but I think they were fine. I, I, in, I think the back end of the bullpen was pretty, pretty good for the most part. I, and I'm with you. Like I didn't expect anything out of Kyle Finnegan, especially after the, how the year started, you know? Yeah. So it, it's, I think I'm just trying not to be overly down on what was a good season from them. Um, and to your point, like it's going to look incredibly different next year with bullpen, even if it's the same guys, like it's bullpens are just so volatile. The one thing I will say is Kyle Finnegan is going to be 32. Like he was already on the older side. Like you don't know what you're going to get from him. He's not like really in the prime for pitchers anymore. Like he's in the prime for hitters, but even that's the, the, the tail end, you know, and Hunter Harvey, like almost 
like just narrowly escaped another major arm injury again this year. So it's like that that's treading on, on, uh, you know, thin ice. And then I was really high in Mason Thompson who looked excellent at the start of the year. And then he crashed and burned due to overuse and it's not his fault, you know, kind of just other <laughs> things that are out of his control, you know? So I think I'm just trying to be understanding of how bullpens work and, um, how volatile they are. So I'm kind of in that C range as well, maybe like a C minus. So I'm a little bit higher than you, but I, I think like, let's say the nationals completely overhauled their lineup and got one starter. It won't happen, but let's for the sake of the argument, let's say we did. I think the bullpen's good enough to like sustain a playoff team, not a world series contender, a playoff team. Like think about it. The Marlins made the playoffs at 84 wins, you know, if <laughs> I think the wins the Nats need to make the playoffs are going to come from other areas, not the bullpen, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Um, I would, my, my only pushback would just be that we know that some of these guys are going to be back next year, regardless in some kind of former or another, like yeah. guys like who, the depth guys, you know, like Amos Willingham, for example, he's going to see innings probably. I'm not um, sure he will though. Yeah. I, Maybe, but I, I just, I I'm, I'm just assuming that all of these guys are going to eventually see innings at some point because oh, that's just kind of, that's how it works. probably true, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, um, so yeah, I think also if you do sign a starter, you can actually bump a guy like Yon or, or Trevor, Trevor Williams. Williams, Trevor Williams, is, Trevor Williams. He's a or, fine, he's a fine reliever spot starter. He's just not a starter. We could DFAM and I would never be upset about it. I'd be fine. Also the too. nationals don't know what the term swing man means. So there you go. He'll never, he'll never be in the correct role here. <laughs> yeah, they, but, they hear Swingman and it's like at the first pitch. <laughs> okay. Okay, that one was pretty, that was pretty good. Because, and, and honestly, we can use that as a segue into our next and final segment, which is grading the front office and coaches, because um, I've got a couple issues with our approach at the plate and pitching, but especially at the plate, Darnell Coles, Okay. Anyways, the offense was slightly better than it was last year overall um, in terms of like WRC plus, just because there was more guys contributing a little bit in terms of actual production. Um, But they could have done a lot better. And the super aggressive, like swing at the first pitch mentality works for some guys. You can't have that as a full team approach in 2023 doesn't work um and the nationals saw the fewest pitches per at bat uh of any team in 2023 that's not going to cut it walk rates have to go up um at least seeing more pitches i mean we it's just there's so many games that i can think of where you're, you have like a mediocre starter on the mound in the sixth inning at 60 pitches against the nats because they just start swinging at everything it's like they get into this hypnotized zone where all they can do is swing uh especially in the middle innings i mean the amount of times where the nats will score in the first inning and they just die until like the eighth inning is i mean too many to count this season um so there's definitely a lot that needs to be changed in the from the coaching side and it's probably not going to happen unfortunately yeah so I'll, I'll keep this brief because i've been pretty steadfast on on this the entire season um like darnell coles is terrible davey martinez hires his friends and like even the dc media will will kind of tell you that (laughs) whether they like openly admit it or not they probably won't but like if you read between the lines they you know they'll they'll say that uh the darnell coles approach is awful it's something you teach your your little leaguers it's not it doesn't work for major league team um, yeah, they didn't strike out a lot. That's because they had so much weak contact, so much weak contact playing to pitchers' pitches early in counts too. Early that's in my, counts. that's even, even bigger problem. The success CJ Abrams and like Caber Ruiz in stretches had went away from the Darnell Cole's approach of hitting, you know, being aggressive early in counts. Like Luis Garcia too, like he got better as he started laying off those early count pitches and getting Ruiz, pitches to hit later in counts. Ruiz's know? best stretch was when, sorry to cut you off, but Ruiz, Ruiz's best stretch was when he was 
walking the most and seeing the most pitches per at bat. Right. Right. So, and yeah, that goes to your point about walks. Like they didn't walk because they were swinging so much early in the count and getting those easy outs for pitchers. And it, it was just so incredible. It's like the most incredibly frustrating team to watch. Um, and I'm sure there's, there's going to be fans of other teams that say, well, hold on just a second. Yeah. But again, it, it's just not a sustainable approach. It, like if you do that in certain games, Sure. Very mm-hmm. viable. But like that being your organizational philosophy is just awful. Same goes for pitching. Like I kind of just touched on that already. Like the fact that it's just so old school, not incorporating any of the new data and, and analytics to, to help support your staff. And I'm not even saying they have to be like the, at the forefront of it. I'm just saying incorporate it. Like there is a blend of old school, new school thought that like, you know, can create this like, harmonious balance with with the staff but they're like so stubborn they won't even use it and then i get people replying to me like they're like oh well hickey and coles don't matter because they're not even the ones dictating organizational philosophy that comes from the coach and gm and my response to that is you're so close to getting it you're so close (laughs) to understanding it like you're so close yeah just we know that get get a little (laughs) bit further and you'll see you know you'll see the light my friend like you know it, but I'm not going to spend too much time on Martinez and Rizzo because they're going to be here. They yeah. were already extended. They both need to be better at their jobs. Like they both do, whether it's fully in their hands with the ownership situation. I don't know, but I can tell you for a fact, they both need to be better at their jobs. And I can tell you also for a fact that Darnell Coles and Jim Hickey are terrible at the positions there. There's a reason they were out of baseball for several years before the Nats picked them up. And there's a reason the Nats picked them up. It's because Davey Martinez is friends with them, not because they were the best, best suited candidates for the job. So that's where I'm at. And that's why I'm so hesitant on like putting too much stock into these young guys, because I'm afraid that we don't have the coaches in place to really support them. And you know, I think it's pretty obvious that the Nationals overperformed in one run ball games. And those are those that's are the not things, sustainable. Look those at are the Vikings things that this will year regress. You need a comp. Yes, those are the ty- that's the type of thing that will regress if you don't address the problem. Mm-hmm. And the main problem is on this on the coaching staff is Hickey and Coles. And so that they've 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 got to go. But it's probably not gonna happen. Uh but we can hope. Um so I think overall, I, ha- I have to give them probably like, like a neutral grade, like a C, because they did get 71 wins. And I didn't see that coming. I was more optimistic and I had us at 64. So I was uh, even lower. I had them at 59. Yeah. So I have to give them credit for that. But there is, there's a lot of regression to the mean that could happen if they don't address the problems like they can't just take this and say oh look we're improving and we're going to be even better next year because they got to continue to add to get better next year yep agreed i'm at c minus yeah that's like all right you'll like this c minus 71 71 that's where you go there you go (laughs) um so yeah there's stuff that needs to be better like fifth most runs allowed in baseball that's not going to get you anywhere um they need to drop that by like a hundred and that's not easy to do, you know, and I haven't looked at the offensive in terms of runs scored, but they only scored 700 runs, which just a quick glance is only higher than two or three other NL teams. Yeah. Poor so run like differential. The, yeah. Really poor run differential. Um, so a lot of work to be done, but there's promise. It's it can just, it can it can happen. They just have to go out and and do it in the off season. The get, thing is, like these it, guys, it can also go the other way, like poorly. Yeah, that's like, that's we, that's we my drop back down to like sixty three wins. Yeah, that's that's, that's the a regression. Reality. The regression aspect yeah. is is it's a little scary. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a little bit more Nats talk for you on this episode. We wanted to obviously recap the season and spend a little bit more time on it because um, obviously for the next couple of weeks we'll be all in on MLB. Uh, playoffs as you saw in our last episode um and you will see uh 
in our next few episodes as we recap the playoffs and talk World Series when that time comes and whatnot. And then once the season's over, we'll shift back into a more 50-50 split, talk Nats and offseason plans, what we want to see from them, um, free agent targets and whatnot. And then obviously, you know, the hot stove with any moves going around baseball, where Shohei Otani lands, all that good stuff. So uh, we want to take player rankings again. Yeah, and and player rankings again, always a fun time. Very, very fun. Yeah, so we'll get into all that. You know, there's plenty of content coming your way in the offseason. But, yeah, we just want to talk a little bit more Nats this this episode and, uh, uh, you know, (laughs) hopefully manifest some change, some positive change in the offseason. But, Trey, you got any other final thoughts before we head out? Um, You know, just just, uh, basically – it's a lot of (laughs) – there's so many thoughts about this team going through my head. Yeah, I, guess, I could have gone for another hour. Yeah, I mean, it's it actually is crazy how how much that we didn't even get to talk about. But, uh, you know, I think we can take this as a positive season. And but we got it. We got to we got to be we got to hold people accountable in, in the organization. OK, the team has proved that they can go out and, and win 71 games. So you got to buy back into them because they they provided for you. So uh just continue to stay diligent with, with, you know, paying attention to that. Don't believe like everything that they're, they're selling you because um, sometimes the learners are not as interested in winning baseball games as they might uh, say they are. So just keep that in mind, but you know, I don't want to be too doomer mode because uh, there, there was definitely a lot of positivity, positive positivity. Excuse me. Yeah. What was that? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I just pronounced it very strange. Anyways. uh, I'll stop rambling. We can end the episode. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Appreciate you guys uh, tuning in. If you're listening to the podcast, be sure to check us out on YouTube at District Baseball. Like, subscribe, review. And if you're checking us out on YouTube, we appreciate you. Uh, Be sure to uh, make sure you're subscribed to everything. Leave comments with your thoughts. Uh, Follow us on Twitter. Our handles are below. And, uh, you know, go throw us a a like, a follow, whatever on the podcast platform. So we greatly appreciate it. We will be back next week talking playoffs and uh, anything else that might be going on, but appreciate listening. Peace. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.